So, welcome to the Independent Teach Podcast. We are out and about on location during the summer, and I yes. have Dr. Sheila Blaine with me. Or Sheila, what would you prefer? Just Sheila. Just Sheila. Let's not be too formal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never formal. I'm never formal. Now, um, they're just quick 10 minute conversations. We've had a cup of tea and yep. a nice pastry. Indeed. Just tell us a li- our listeners a little bit about your background. Well, I went to a state school in the northeast of Scotland back in the 70s. Um, then I um, basically had the idea, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll try and apply to Cambridge University, which was quite um, bold at the time because nobody from my school had ever gone to Cambridge University. But I quite liked the idea of getting away and travelling down to the south of England and you know, getting away from the very quiet northeast of, of Scotland where I'd grown up. So I applied and I got in and off I went and did three years there uh, studying French and German, which had always been my passion from the minute I started French and the minute I started German. I just loved them. So I was very passionate about the subjects, which definitely helped. Um, then I had the idea that I wanted to carry on with German. So I did a applied for a PhD in King's College London, which I got accepted for and got funding for. And that was back in 85. And in 89, 1989, I got awarded my PhD and then did a little bit of teaching in Wellington College in Berkshire, which is a boarding school, which I have to say I didn't particularly enjoy. It was, um, I didn't really like the boarding ethos, wasn't really for me. So then took off to Luxembourg for eight years, worked in Germany teaching English um, and did quite a lot of teaching English as a foreign language uh, out there. And then thought I must get a serious job. Um, So came back to Edinburgh 2000 and did a teacher training qualification at the University of Edinburgh for a year and then joined a school in Edinburgh teaching French and German and stayed there for 16 years, then came down to Birmingham, and I'm still teaching German um, as we speak, because we're on holiday, but I'm still chained to the chalk face, as it were, all these <laughs> years showing, later. You're showing your age when you say <laughs> yes, chalk Yes, exactly. You've missed one crucial factor out there. What's that, Susan? You are a lifelong learner. And, I am. And, and I am. in the middle of that heat wave that we've just had I, oh yeah you were up in that. you were up in Bristol I you? was yes I missed out I I've always fancied doing another degree having been to Cambridge then London thought what other university could I have a go at and um, in 2016 I had a look around and wanted to do an MA in translation because I've always loved translation from German and French into English and the University of Bristol offers a distance um, part-time MA in translation over three years. Um, so I signed up and got the degree just before COVID, actually, and had the graduation, well, basically um, cancelled a couple of times due to COVID and then had the opportunity to go there. Finally, I'd never been to Bristol before last week in the middle of the heat wave to go and 
get to the uh, to go to the graduation ceremony. But I have to say, I think it's the last one I'm going to go to. <laughs> I was the oldest person in the hall by a long margin bar the platform party. So I think perhaps it's time to hang up the mortarboard and give that up. <laughs> and and the last the last uh, thing I want to to mention wild water swimming. That is my passion, I have to say. It's, uh, I really, one of the big disadvantages of being in Birmingham is it's quite a long way from the sea. And I do love sea swimming whenever I get the opportunity, whether it's Norfolk uh, down in, or Suffolk, Norfolk down in Kent or uh, Sussex, West Sussex, East Sussex, um, or Wales, the Welsh coast, I do love particularly sea swimming, but also in Germany, out in near Ber- in Berlin, fantastic lakes out there. I do love lake swimming in Germany, um, but the sea swimming is my absolute favourite. And especially when I go back to northeast Scotland, to the beach that I grew up on. Well, we I grew up five miles away from that beach, but it's part of my childhood memories, um, enduring memories of childhood. And every time I go up there, it's a pilgrimage time to go down to that beach and swim there. Come hell or high water, whether it's sleeting, freezing cold, uh, minus uh, temperatures in the water, I'll go in there because I just have to. (laughs) (laughs) And if our listeners want to find out more about that, Sheila was a guest on another podcast called The Wonderful Us Podcast, and you talked about it. Which I really enjoyed making, yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's great fun. Brilliant. So we'll get on now to just have a a conversation about education uh, in the 1960s and 70s. Yes, absolutely. The good old days. So first question, Sheila. Do you think... Your teachers would have actually been surprised to hear that you've joined the teaching profession? In general, I don't think my teachers from secondary or primary school would be surprised that I entered the teaching profession. In Growing up in Scotland in the 1960s and 70s, um, teaching was a highly respected profession, just like um, and the, the teachers in a town were as highly respected as the local doctor or the local lawyer, or any of the other professions in small town Scottish life and towns and villages. Um, And the teachers in both my schools, primary and secondary, were very much respected by the pupils in the main and by their parents. Um, There was much less complaining to the school about how your child was being taught in those days. So it was a highly respected job uh, to do. And all my, uh, I don't think anyone who knew me as I was growing up was surprised that I became a teacher. All my, my mother had been a primary teacher before she got married. And uh, my four aunts from her family had all become um, either primary or secondary school teachers. So it kind of ran in the family. You either became a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer or a farmer's wife. So that was the choice that you had. Um, Also, when I was growing up, um, without prompting, I had lots of dolls and I used to pretend that I was their teacher and I would spend hours every day um, teaching my dolls um, English and arithmetic. Those were the days before I knew French or German. 
Um, I even used to teach them history and geography. So I would set them all out in a little semicircle. Um, I had a blackboard um, on an easel, which I'd been given as a Christmas present with chalk. So I set up my blackboard. I set out all my dolls um, and I even gave them little exercise books, what we called them jotters in Scotland, and pencils. And off I would go. And I had endless hours of fun in my bedroom or out in the garden in the summer teaching my dolls. I even gave them personalities and names. There were the naughty pupils. There were the able pupils. There was the very weak pupil called Alice, I seem to remember, who had to be helped. Um, so even then I was kind of differentiating in my teaching around the age of 10. Um, and the most hilarious thing that I find very funny now is that I used to do the work for each of these pupils in the exercise book because obviously they were dolls and couldn't write. So I would set exercises, then I would write all the answers. And in the evenings, I would pretend to be a proper teacher and I would be marking the exercise books, which I had actually written in myself. And it must have been great for my parents because they didn't have to amuse me or take me out. I just had endless fun being a teacher. Um, and of course, those were the days pre-computers, pre-tablets, pre-iPads, pre-mobile phones, when we had to make our own fun. And that was mine, being a teacher. So no surprise then that I should have entered the teaching profession. Okay, Sheila. Well, we were only going to be talking for about 10 minutes in these Out on Location episodes. So I've got a couple of more questions for you. The first one is, I want to take you back in time, back to the 1960s, the 1970s. And can you just tell us what it was like being a pupil in Scotland, in a primary school and in a secondary school in the 1960s and the 1970s? I started primary school in 1968, and those were the years pre-global warming. So I remember that in winter, the bottles of milk we were given at break time, and which had been left in the schoolyard at dawn, had to be warmed up on the large old-fashioned radiators in the classroom. Those were the days before Thatcher, the milk snatcher. My primary teachers were really traditional old school, and we learnt in detail how to read, write and do arithmetic. My secondary school had 1,800 pupils, and I remember being terrified of being knocked over on the stairwells of the six-storey tower block building, built in the late 1960s. In the mid-70s, the teaching profession was quite radically left-wing in Scotland, so my teachers were on strike two days a week. So for a long time, I only went to school Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. It was wonderful, and it didn't do me any harm in the longer term. If anything, it taught me to be an independent learner and to take the initiative myself. OK, so the last question, Sheila, and it's one I frequently ask my guests on the programme. And it's, was there a teacher or were there any teachers who particularly inspired you when you were at school? My French teacher inspired in me a love of French 19th century poetry, which has remained with me throughout my life. He also introduced us to French pop songs of the 60s and 70s and ensured that I became an enduring fan of the great late Johnny Hallyday. My French teacher also had a French wife 
which I found incredibly exotic in my remote Scottish hometown of the 1970s. Sheila, can I just say thank you ever so much for being on the Independent Teacher Podcast? Brilliant. Thanks for having me, Susan. Great. You've been listening to the Independent Teacher Podcast. If you like listening to this podcast, please consider giving us a five-star rating either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts.